Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's right. We brought Ira back. You know, industry secret. Probably going to replay the interview from earlier on in the show to close this show. But you know what? It's all moot. Talk for 20 minutes. So nice. Had to have it twice. So nice. And Ira Winderman, who's in Las Vegas, he's in a hotel room. He's like, you know what? How am I doing this again? So he joins us on WQM. Ira, thanks for doing it again. I knew you could have run the replay, so I was like, what do I do now? Just as I'm writing. Yeah, I would have had to. Can he make a deal? Yeah. I I, I, I would have had to come up with material instead, which, you know, I mean, you're like, you know. That, that, that seems like too much work. All right, so again, the trade for the audience just joining us. Uh, Danny G gave it in the update, but we'll give it again. The Oklahoma City Thunder have agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul. First-round picks in 2024 and 2026. Pick swaps in 2021 and 2025. I won't poison the well, Ira, with my reaction. So immediately you see this. You've been waiting for notification. You told us earlier we might be waiting a month for this. So at least it only ended in a couple of hours. Uh, but uh, your immediate reaction upon seeing this. Um, that this shows, and it's funny because this has been one of our debates we've had on QAM for the past week, how all-in should a team go? And, and, and was what Toronto did for Kawhi Leonard this year the right move or not one championship and sort of the future up in the air now? This just shows this is a league living for the moment. I mean, when you look at the concentration in the top of the Western Conference with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George with the Clippers, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis with the Lakers, instead of stepping back after their frustrations in recent years with the Warriors, the Rockets said, hey, count us in two and go ahead and pick up all that money of Westbrook to pair him with Harden. Everyone is living in the moment. Like, I, I almost wonder, Chris, like, is this league about to stop and no one knows it so these draft picks never get paid off? Yeah, it's it's stunning to me the way that these teams, that three teams now, have totally mortgaged their future, um, and it's not it's it's a future as well where these players cannot be involved anymore. Russell Westbrook could be long gone. James Harden could be long gone. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George could be long gone by the time they owe these picks to Oklahoma City and by the time that the Lakers owe these picks to the, to, to the New Orleans Pelicans. And it's amazing to me how ready these teams are to risk it, especially Houston, when... At least the Clippers can say, we got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, we can win the title. We have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, we can win uh, with those guys, potentially the title. I don't think that Houston just got any closer to winning the title with the trade they, did, with, with the trade they just made. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, it, it's just, I just don't know how to look at this situation right now, because one, I don't know what the chemistry is going to be with all the teams of the West and how that's going to play out also. I also, to step back to the other point, Chris, the whole thing with draft choices right now and the way the teams are loading up on them, and you talk about this a bunch also on a bunch of your shows, draft choices are such an unknown quantity that when you sign a free agent, when you trade for someone, you know who they are. 
So on one hand, I think everyone is praising Sam Presti, right, for this unbelievable hall of picks that he can own the draft. But what does that really mean, Chris? Uh, to me, it means that you have the armament to, to, to do whatever you want, right? So if we're saying that teams are mortgaging their futures with draft picks in order to acquire these big, uh, these big uh, superstars, because ultimately they're the commodities that change the game, if you're Oklahoma City, and let's say right now you wanted to put together a super team, you probably could, just on the basis of, of you know giving away all these first-round picks they've acquired. They're not going to do that. But to me, the, the value of first-round picks is not even necessarily in the player. Although I will say, and this is the point that I made uh, you know, in, in the previous segment when people, when people right. were texting that about first-round picks, that ultimately if the Heat were going to pull off this trade and incorporate young players, they're all players they acquired via first-round picks. But at the same time, it is the commodity that ultimately nets you superstar players, and the more you have, the more likely you are to get a superstar player. Yeah, and, and I get that, and I get that their currency also. I mean, that's the thing is, it's almost not the player you draft for, it's just mm-hmm. something that someone else puts in their long-term war chest also. But you know what, I think this also shows something else, Chris, that's interesting. I think there are now teams that live in the moment in the NBA, knowing either because of their market size or their allure of their franchise, that they can always find a way back because there's something and then there's future teams that I don't know if they ever turn the future into the moment or not. Mm-hmm. That they just wind up sitting and flipping picks and going back and forth, and they may never be the now team, and you just keep saying to yourself, oh, they have a nice future. There were all those years Boston, remember all those years Boston loaded up on all those picks, and it wasn't just Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, it was also the R.J. Hunters and the Rosiers. Mm-hmm. And my God, it seemed like every draft Boston had first-round picks. I mean, Gershon Yabaselli was just cut yesterday. He was another one of their first-round picks. I just wonder why some teams don't sit back and say, yeah, I can understand their collateral for something, but what do they actually turn into? And, and I think in this case, yeah, Sam Presti has a whole bunch of stuff. And I know what you're saying is that they're just like the way he got them. He can trade three first-round picks for this player and three first-round picks for that player. But what are the picks actually getting anyone? So mm-hmm. I understand people like you and others saying you have to have chips and assets to make a deal. But on the other hand, I look at the situation and say, doesn't someone need to do some sort of case study to what do these picks actually turn into? Mm -hmm. The the Garnett and Pierce trade was supposed to reinvent the Celtics. It didn't. Yes, the Philadelphia. I, I, I would. I would still argue that it did. I mean, they they reached the conference finals. They okay. you know won fifty games a year ago. Like those are successful seasons. Uh, all right. I guess. I'm, I guess I'm talking ultimate goal. Even sure. Philadelphia with Sam Hinkie and trust the process. I mean, they had a lot of bad picks in there mixed up. Also, obviously, they had enough prize, so they got Simmons and they got Embiid. But they still haven't gotten across the finish line yet, or in their case, even to the conference finals. So I just wonder in the end. And yeah, and you're right. Of course. All these players at one point were draft choices, but the years weed out the draft choices that didn't work, and then you're sort of left with the filet mignon that mm-hmm. you're now trading by someone else wasting their time developing. That's what Pat Riley does. Then he swoops in and signs. Right, and and to me, the the frustration is that they haven't had the cap space to go and swoop in on those players, but you're right. I mean, ultimately, the goal is you get those finished articles. The one thing, though, that, that that does come as a benefit is if you do draft a player that is, you know, that you develop, you first off, you can control their contract for basically seven years, and also you get them at a cheaper rate. But let, let, let's get into the Miami angle of this here. So sure. do you think, based off of the haul, that Oklahoma City ended up getting for 
Russell Westbrook that Miami could have ever reasonably competed to get this player? It, you know what? It just depends what they wanted. Now, mm-hmm. in the end, Chris Paul makes the exact same money per year as Russell Westbrook. So they are getting one year of salary cap relief four seasons from now. So clearly that wasn't a priority because we know without question they could have gotten cap relief from the Heat. Instead, they're willing to pay the price unless, of course, I mean, the one thing, Chris, you and I have learned from last Saturday and going forward, where does Chris Paul wind up? You know, maybe mm-hmm. there's part B, C, and D from this where they trade him for two players and then they flip to two players. Just like people said the Heat couldn't get rid of Hassan for $28 million, right? But they did. And they cut it in half their liability by flipping Mo, you know, Mo Harkless out and maybe even trading Myers Leonard soon. Mm-hmm. So we have to wait to see Part B. But clearly, Sam Presti wants to own the draft. That was priority number one. Or, I still believe, get prospects instead of those picks. Because I'm not so sure that a lot of the picks they got, the two picks they got from the Thunder, are mm-hmm. protected one through four. You've seen guys, you know what goes number five or even later. You know, then you're getting into the Frank Nidalinka kind of guys, the Emmanuel Moutier kind of guys. So I think if they could have gotten elite Heat prospects instead, I think they might have turned to the Heat. I think what this means is that it was not a coincidence the Heat signed Tyler Hero yesterday and put him off limits for 30 days. Not a coincidence that no one has been able to hear anything of the Heat ever offering Bam Adebayo anywhere. So I think at the end they said, let's take prospects in form of draft choices because clearly we're not getting the type of prospects we want in form of players from the Heat. But ultimately, we're joined here by Ira Winderman, again reacting to the news that Russell Westbrook will not be coming to the Miami Heat. He will be going to the Houston Rockets in exchange for two first-round picks and two first-round pick swaps. As you mentioned, Ira, the two first-round picks are protected in the top four, as is one of the swaps. The other is protected to the top 20. Um, now, in terms of but, – but, but ultimately, the, the, the reality is the Heat didn't get Russell Westbrook. Is that a right. failure of the Heat and ultimately disappointing to their fans that they didn't? What, what, what has your reaction you know, been? What, what, what has your reaction been on your Ask Iras about how the how, how the fan base actually feels about this? The fan base to me was eighty percent against. Really? Because, like you said in our previous uh, untapable segment, <laughs> that, that that Russell Westbrook's game does not. As a matter of fact, Russell Westbrook's game does not only really serve today's modern NBA, but here's the crazy thing, Chris. It might be the antithesis of the approach by the Rockets. All those mid-range shots he takes. The fact that he's not a three-point shooter. I mean, in many ways, you might have said Russell Westbrook was the last player that a Mike D'Antoni-style team, if they play that same style, would have wanted. I think Heat fans like the mix that Pat Riley has now. You can enjoy Jimmy Butler as your late-game go-to guy, you know, as opposed to Dwayne Wade last year. But they were enjoying Summer League with Tyler Hero. And they were enjoying Bam Adebayo making post-play fun after the experiment with Hassan Whiteside. And they were intrigued by Justice Winslow on the ball. So I think they get a little bit of both. They get a chance to possibly get to the second round of the playoffs. They get a chance to see a team develop a little bit also. And they get to see a cold-blooded end-of-game guy. No offense to the aging Dwayne Wade. No offense to the neophyte Josh Richardson, who at the end of games, you and I know where the ball's going, and yet there's still a pretty good confidence level that something good is going to happen. 
Uh, I, I just want to say on behalf of the sports talk industry, I am uh, very thankful for Russell Westbrook and, and this whole situation basically filling our week. But uh, it has now come to an end. Again, Russell Westbrook is off uh, to Houston. Um, in terms of what's next, though, I think uh, some, some people have tweeted me, uh, w- wanted me to ask you about Brad Beal and and that potentially be the next guy who hits yeah. pre-agency and the next guy that might be asking out with a, with a specific destination in mind. Um, d- do you think that the Heat have lost an opportunity here that they're not going to have again in terms of trading for one of these no, superstars I, I that will become available? Lesson, I, I think the one lesson to this, Chris, is these opportunities always come around. And it might come in 2021 free agency, which the Heat now will have, you know, buku bucks for. And it'll come to the next disgruntled player who doesn't want to wait to free agency, who wants to be somewhere else. Look, you had Paul George years on his contract, still forces his way out. You have Russell Westbrook, years on his contract, still forces his way out. Pat Riley will continue to scour for distressed property because that's what he does now. That's what he's always done. I would not expect that to change. I, I agree. And, and that, for me, is the perfect way to phrase it, distressed assets, distressed property, things that could potentially add to your team that you get at a cut rate. And I I think that Russell Westbrook, look, I was never a fan of it. I was never of the mind that you wanted to do this trade. But ultimately, if it was available at such a cut rate, I'm not going to get too mad at you know at Pat Riley if he could pull it off for you know the expiring of Dragic, James Johnson, and Derek Jones. Like I, you just you can't get mad at that if you're a Heat fan getting a player of, of Russell Westbrook's pedigree. But um, but I, I think the, the cut rate is an important part of that. And ultimately, in the end, I'm surprised. Now, part of it is this isn't just a Russell Westbrook trade to Houston. It is also a Chris Paul salary dump to Oklahoma City because although uh, Russell Westbrook's contract is a year longer and arguably worse, um, Chris Paul is a far worse player, I would say, at this point. Uh, and so th- that that is another major part of this is that Oklahoma City is also taking on a burden in exchange for this, which I don't think he, Miami was ever offering. Yeah, and the other part of it is who are they flipping Chris Paul to? In other words, are there two semi-attractive $13 million contracts out there. I mean, here's the scary part. Yes, there are, by the name of Dion Waiters and James Johnson. So in theory, I mean, God, you need a longer show tonight, Chris, to continue here. (laughs) But yeah, in theory, he can now trade Dion Waiters and James Johnson, who only have two years left for Chris Paul. God help us. Your thoughts on that? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I guess it's not that. So if, if the trade was Johnson, Olenek, and, uh, and, and Dion Waiters, that probably matches right. up on salary with Chris Paul. And it basically, and you, probably, you probably wouldn't even have to put that much in there. So yeah, right. you could do something like that also. But, but there also, could... but you, you can't imagine that, uh, Oklahoma city wants to take on money. Although I guess they can flip these guys. But shorter money. But again, you're sure. talking two years money versus three years money. Yeah. So let's see this. They've shaved one year off of, of Westbrook with this trade. They would shave another year off of Chris Paul with the kind of trade we just made. Those guys all have two years left. So they would have gotten out of half of Westbrook's money and gotten draft choices. It's amazing. I, I, I just went to the trade machine to try and put this into the trade machine, and they already have Chris Paul on the Thunder. The, 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 the fine folks at ESPN are already working quickly. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the thing with Chris Paul's contract is that it's on the same path in terms of raises as Westbrook's is, right? He, they're actually they on, they're they actually on dollar for dollar the exact same money, which is $38,506,482. But, uh, again, that's, that's for Pat Riley to decide if he wants to do that. But in the end, doesn't end up with Russell Westbrook, and, uh, and that is the news that has just come in courtesy of Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN and it's since been confirmed by a variety of 
of sources. Ira Winderman joining us for a second time on the program from Las Vegas. Very much appreciate the time, sir. I'll be on with Pharrell at the top of the hour. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, Ira. That's Ira Winterman joining us here on WQAM. On with Pharrell at the top of the hour. That is amazing. But, uh, but yeah, that is, uh, that is the Russell Westbrook watch done. And again, for me, bullet dodged. Bullet dodged for the Miami Heat. We continue to break this down when we return. Getting rickrolled on a Thursday night. Chris Whittingham here until 10. Whew. My goodness. I am uh, I'm lightheaded from the last 50 minutes. The Miami Heat have dodged a bullet. They're not getting Russell Westbrook. 48,000 retweets for Roach, by the way. Holy crap. And Twitter was down earlier. The Oklahoma City Thunder have agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul. First round picks in 2024 and 2026 and pick swaps in 2021 and 2025. So Chris Paul going to the Thunder, Russell Westbrook going to the Rockets. I just, I don't get it from Houston's standpoint. I definitely get it in Oklahoma City's standpoint. That's genius. Genius. Well, let me ask you this, because, you know, you've been on the anti-Russell Westbrook thing for the last few days. Yeah. And so what what move would have made sense for you for Russell Westbrook? Um, The crappiest move possible. So, like, I I said it to Ira. Dragic, James Johnson, and Derek Jones Jr. No, that, no, no. I mean, like, what? Like, like you, 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 you didn't want him to go to the Heat, correct? So, what other NBA moves? Oh, what other NBA moves would have made sense um, to you? I think Detroit. Um, they have, I think, the expiring of Reggie Jackson and Langston Galloway, and maybe you throw one more salary in there. Uh, to me, makes sense just because you're already on a timeline with Blake Griffin. You're all you already can't get free agents to go there, and so. It's a big and a guard. It makes sense the 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 two of them together, and you get cost you get certainty with Russell Westbrook being on your team for four years. Now I don't know if that helps Detroit win anything, but I I think I, I if Detroit did this, I think I would have gotten it. But I, to me, for Miami that are already in a place where they feel like they can compete at a decent level. And they're going to be in the free agent game for the next few guys that become available. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, you you don't have to trade for the first superstar that becomes available. You just don't. You can wait. All right, let's go. Uh, we uh, we want to take your calls. I understand it's late at night, but if you're driving around out there, want to weigh in, Russell Westbrook not coming to Miami. 954-567-0560 or 305-567-0560. Join now by, I believe, Tim is on WQM. Go ahead, Tim. What's up, fellas? How you doing? Yeah, doing all right. Good, good. I'm not sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sad. So I'm I'm actually pretty uh pretty pleased with the way Miami handled things. Um, but hey, I got a quick question for you. What, so what's the deal with uh, Kendrick Nunn? I'm yeah. just wondering if he's going is he going to be able to make the roster? And I'm not even worried about Brad Beal. I'm I'm cool with. What we have now, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? We got 
Tyler Hero. We got guys that can move the ball and shoot the ball, and I'm like, I'm cool with that. So, but I'm just wondering, what does Kendrick Nunn make the uh, make the roster? Now, I I don't know because um, he is a player, and, and I appreciate the call, Tim. Uh, if you want to get in 954-567-0560 or 305-567-0560, um, they're just under the hard cap, so they, they cannot go a dollar over this figure, and I think they're like 800000 away from it. So I don't know what that looks like in terms of the shape of bringing Udonis Haslam back, in terms of bringing in some of these summer league guys that have contributed. Um, but um, I imagine the Heat are going to try and work stuff out uh, in order to get um, those guys into the team, and ultimately this is uh, a big part of their development of future players, is getting summer league guys um, who um, contribute at this level and then you get them to come into your program and develop in your program. So I, I definitely think that Miami uh, could potentially be in on on some of these guys to potentially bring them back. But um, I, I I don't know if Miami right now is in a position. I think they'll eventually get there. Um, let's go to Pete, who is on WQM. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, what's good, gentlemen? Yeah, doing all right. Hey, man, listen, we're literally still maybe – six or seven in the East right now. Um, so disappointed, man. I'm, you know, just, just my struck right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 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 so were you operating under, if the Heat got Russell Westbrook, they would have elevated significantly above that? Yeah, man, I, I, I believe they probably would have been four, three to four-ish around there, you know, depending the injuries and all that good stuff. But, you know, you just would have had two dominant players, man, and I just feel like they would have played very well with one another. Um, um taking into consideration, you know, that the contract was, you know, was really horrible. It would have kind of bit us in the rear end later on in the future. But man, right now, and shortly, real quickly, man, Chris Paul. How can Chris Paul be? How he feels right now, brother? I'll keep listening. My, my, yeah, my I mean, <laughs> and he's sort of been sent to NBA irrelevance, and a lot of people thought that was a contract you couldn't get off of, and he's a guy. That ultimately is an albatross on your franchise, and now to sort of have that confirmed, what's his path towards getting on a on a good team again? Because he's on this contract that he basically negotiated for himself in the CBA, or I, I believe the previous rules were he could have limited himself um, to, I think only three years because it would have been over thirty six during the time of the extension. He negotiated a fourth year, and now really the only way towards relevance for him on a team is to is to be bought out. Because what good team is going to dedicate $38 million, next year $41 million, the following year $44 million of their salary cap to Chris Paul? Can't win like that. And so I, I think he's going to be in NBA Siberia. See out the contract wherever he ends up getting traded to if he stays in OKC. And that's it. But man, turn of events. He thought, I mean, his injury might have decided an NBA championship two years ago. And now, 15 months later, he's on the Oklahoma City Thunder as a salary dump. It's incredible. It's incredible. To answer the first point, though, I, I don't think that the Heat would have been that elevated from where they are now. So let's, so let's, let's, let's look at the East here real quick. Actually, you know what? Let's get to Vlad first. Vlad is on WQM. Go ahead, Vlad. All right, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Yep. Just a few comments, man. I feel the same way you feel. I feel like we dodged a bullet. Mm-hmm. However, I just feel it like we dodged a bullet if we were going to give Tyler Hero up in that trade. Um, I'm not against uh, an MVP coming here, but my gripe with Russell Westbrook 
It's his inefficiency. And people always point to the fact that he plays hard, but does he play smart? You know, I, like you can play hard all day, but mm-hmm. if you're turning the ball over, taking plenty of guys hard, play hard. You know what I mean? Like I want you to play smart. So I mean, I wouldn't have been opposed to it, but if you're gonna come here and we get bounced on the second round, like what's the point? I'd Ex- rather develop this young talent that we're starting to see and have that we drafted. It'd be great to pair up with an older, experienced Jimmy Butler who's already done it and did it. It, it I'm, I'm with it. I understand we ain't going to win this year, but I think it's a good good first step. I appreciate the call, Vlad. And um, I, I'm i not necessarily particularly wed to Tyler Hero or to Bam Adebayo or to Justice Winslow. I mean, I don't think these players are going to be stars. But ultimately, a trade is about the exchange of value. Whether or not you're getting accurate value one way or another based off of that player's performances, and contract. And I just looked at Russell Westbrook, worst NBA high-volume shooter from the free-throw line, fourth-worst from the three-point line, and bottom quarter in two-point percentage. What do you have in that player other than a guy that racks up fake stats? That, for me, is who Russell Westbrook is. Takes rebounds off of Steven Adams. Poaches assists, like is hunting assists so that he can get that in the stat column, not because he's actually a playmaker and actually because he's helping his team win. These are fake numbers. And so I just, I was never operating under the assumption that Russell Westbrook was going to elevate. And, and so let's go to run through it. Right now, the Eastern Conference. Last year, Milwaukee won 60 games and they basically, and they basically bring their team back with the exception of Malcolm Brogdon going to Indiana, I believe. Um, which is a big deal, but that's uh, but you know it's a six. It's the core of a NBA Eastern Conference winning team. Sixty games returning. He is indeed going to Indiana. Toronto won fifty eight games, but they lose Kawhi Leonard. They're going to drop down the standings. I don't know how much though, because say what you want about Toronto in the eras before they got Kawhi Leonard, in terms of being weak in the postseason and in terms of. And never getting over the hump. They were also a team that won a lot of regular season games. They won 58 games a year ago, and the year before, they won 59. <laughs> they actually lost a regular season win in getting off of DeMar DeRozan and bringing in Kawhi Leonard. Now, obviously, in the postseason, that didn't matter. But if Toronto won 48 games next year, I'd, I don't think I'd be that shocked. I would be. Completely. They have Kyle Lowry and what? Marcus Hall? Yeah, I mean, and Pascal Siakam and Serge Ibaka. Okay. I mean, like, they, they've got decent players. I mean, okay. decent players that, in a previous iteration, won games. They'll be down. They'll be down fighting for the 6th, 7th, 8th seed. Agreed. But I, I, I'm i not writing them off as a team that's going to all of a sudden miss the playoffs. Philly won 51 games. They lose Jimmy Butler, but they add Al Horford and Josh Richardson. Uh, and and they also lost J.J. Redick. Um, so a team that, for me, will be in the top two of the Eastern Conference. Uh, along with Milwaukee. Boston won 49 games, lose Kyrie Irving and Al Horford, bring back, bring in Kemba Walker. Um, that's a downgrade. But I also think that they were probably underperforming as a regular season team uh, with Kyrie Irving uh, you know, basically being a corrosive effect on their team. They actually won more regular season games the year before when Kyrie Irving missed a significant chunk due to injury. So I actually think from a regular, again, regular season standpoint, Boston can sort of be around where they were with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum resuming in their roles, with Kemba Walker coming in, with Gordon Hayward maybe coming into form. Um, It's possible that Boston 
can be decent. They, they sign Enos Cantor, who's a decent guy that can fill regular season minutes. Indiana, step up for me. They're going to get healthy Victor Oladipo. They bring in Malcolm Brogdon. Brooklyn is a wild card because they do actually keep, in terms of year over year, they didn't lose much when you consider that Kyrie Irving replaces D'Angelo Russell, right? They, they don't gain Kevin Durant. I can see them even improving on where the year where they were a year ago and still be able to add Kevin Durant in the year following. But Kyrie Irving for D'Angelo Russell is it's basically a like for like, if not an improvement in terms of last year's performance. I think Brooklyn will probably be in the conversation where Miami is now. Then you have Orlando, who for me were kind of frauds and didn't really do much uh in terms of improving themselves. Detroit, meh. Charlotte is gonna go way down. Washington's gonna go way down. Atlanta is going to make a step up, but not for me in the playoff conversation. Then you have Chicago, who might go a bit forward, but not that much. Cleveland, who's going to stay way down. And the Knicks might be improved to the tune of 30 wins, going from 17. I don't think they're going to be in the playoff conversation. So for me, Miami is going to be better than New York, Cleveland, Chicago, Atlanta, Washington, Charlotte, Detroit, Orlando, and is going to be competing with Toronto, Brooklyn, and Indiana for their space. For me, Milwaukee, Philly, and Boston are ahead of them right now. I mean, you can sit there and you can, you can. I guess this is the NFL equivalent of going down the schedule and going, yeah, that's a win, sure. that's a loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I'm sorry, man. None of the teams at the top of the East impress me, like, at mm-hmm. all. I think the East is completely wide open. Mm-hmm. I, I think anybody can come out of there. And, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm going to be on the camp. Listen, I'm not upset that we didn't get Russell Westbrook. Am I a little disappointed? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen it because I really felt we could have competed at the top level of the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. I really, truly do. But it, it, am I, like, heartbroken? No, because in the end, we, like you said, we still have a lot of pieces we can deal, we can go forward with. Two years down the line, we'll have a lot of cap space, and let's see what happens, what 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 free agents come through. But, yeah, no, I mean, I can understand why people would be frustrated because I just don't see the Eastern Conference as any kind of a juggernaut by any stretch. Yeah, I mean, for me... Um... When you look at this, um, when when you look at this Eastern Conference, you can make the argument that Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler, with the team that they had, but again, what are you taking away? Are you taking away Justice? Are you taking away Bam? Are you taking away Tyler Hero? Are you taking away Goran well, Dragic? If, if, like as the trade as the trade was told us, it would have been Goran, it would have been Justice, it would have been mm-hmm. Leonard Myers. If that's yeah. the deal, Myers then, Leonard, by the way, Myers Leonard. Yeah, yeah. I, I always get that. <laughs> he's got a first name last, and he's got a last that, name. That's first. an exceptional point. Although Leonard is both first and last name, no, but it's traditionally it's it's traditionally good, an excellent point. First name. Uh, no, that's that's a totally fair point. It, it would be like one of those where if like it showed up on like last name comma first name and it was Leonard comma Myers, you would think that he got it like they got it he wrong. You got it back because you'd be like, yeah, sure right. you No, you're absolutely right about that. First name back, yeah. Myers Leonard is the rare. Last name first. For, for, first name that's a last name and a last name that's both a first name and a last name, but is more a first name. That's quite a remarkable combination to have both of those things. You think their parents thought that out? I mean, I all the time, all the time, I wonder those questions. First off, how do you come up with? It's not even Myers with you know M Y E R S. It's M E Y E R S, which is a funky spelling of Myers, which is a last name type spelling. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But then again, for me, it's it's the conversation of you're holding your child. You are you're experiencing a feeling of love you've never experienced in your life before. 
you look at your baby and you decide to name it Myers. Oh, look at baby Myers. Now, there are names like that that, you know, have historical significance for me. There are actually many women's names that are like this. I can't imagine ever looking at my beautiful little daughter and naming it Gertrude. Like, that seems like a horrific name. How about Ruth? Ruth, well, Ruth, you know what? I, I, I can see, like, Matilda was a name that used to exist. Yes. Like, that's a hideous name. It's a good movie, though. Possibly. But, I mean, I, I, Myers, I mean, there, there are many. But uh, we'll, continue to, we'll continue on this conversation again. If you're just joining us, the Miami Heat did not get Russell Westbrook. The Oklahoma City Thunder have traded him to the Houston Rockets. And it will be an incredible NBA season with all these trades going on. And here you are with the Miami Heat not getting the player. Instead, he goes to the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll continue to discuss it when we come back. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows. Chris Whittingham here until 10, 560 WQAM. You know, you get you love to ride the wave of breaking news over the course of a radio program. I had a whole show ready to go. I was in the middle of a Canes Point. Let's just finish the Canes Point real quick. The Canes Point was they fixed their defense with coaching. Why couldn't their fi- why couldn't they fix their offense with coaching? So literally from one year to the next, I, I was I was in the middle of illustrating this point so well. <laughs> one year to the next on defense. The Miami Hurricanes went from in the 70s to the top 10. It's because of coaching. College football, you can have that impact on a game just in coaching. And so if the Hurricanes last year were 116th in yards per passing attempt and their defense was once in the 70s and immediately shot up because they changed coaching, why couldn't their offense go from 116th? If they go to 50th, they had the third best defense in college football last year. If they go to 50th in the country, they'll be cooking with gas. So that's my hope for UM improvement next year. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about this incredible trade that has been pulled off. Again, here are the details. The Oklahoma City Thunder have sent to Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul. First round picks in 2024 and 2026 and pick swaps in 2021 and 2025. So deal is done. And uh, Danny G, the sports mom, our producer on the other side, is uh, manning the reaction machine. Yes, the text machine has been burning up. Here's a couple of quick ones that I that I think, uh, I think especially this one here, we should just go ahead and just answer this immediately. Would Miami attempt to get Chris Paul back with J.J.? 
Waiters and Kelly Olynyk if they could also get back one or two of their first round picks as well. Um, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, if, if you get the first round pick back, I, I don't know what you'd have to do in order to want to take that contract back because you're taking yourself out of the running for 2021, right? And that for me is the next big free agency class. And you're taking yourself out of the running if you take on Chris Paul because he's got three years left and the last year's 44 million. So if you just take that in the final year of um, of Jimmy Butler's, uh, I'm sorry, in the third year of Jimmy Butler's contract, which is, and I'm, I'm, I'll pull it up here in a second, 36 million. So just between those two guys, you've got 80 million against the cap. And again, that's if you don't extend. Justice Winslow's team option or, you know, extend Bam Adebayo or extend Tyler Hero. Like, that's if you don't sign those players to extensions, you still owe those guys $80 million and you're not going to be able to have max free agency space. So I just, I don't see the scenario in which the Miami Heat take on Chris Paul's contract. It, and again, the answer is not always do the next thing. The answer can sometimes be just hang on. Another thing will pop up. Wait for the next thing, Miami Heat. That is my advice. And I I think when Houston comes in with this offer, it's now clear that Miami were never going to get this player and you were never going to say, okay, we, we regret that. I don't think the Heat are going to regret this. Like, not getting, first off, not getting Russell Westbrook. And second, not paying the price that Houston just did, which is the potential for four first round picks to change hands. Miami was never doing that. And so I, I just don't feel like. You, you should say, be less patient and go for it now and, gi- and and sort of give up your future in exchange for Westbrook or Chris Paul or whoever. You don't have to do the next thing. You can wait for the best thing. Okay, moving along. Chris, OKC won 49 games last year. That would have been about third in the East. You put him on the Heat team with better coaching and talent, and who knows what would have happened. You're being short-sighted here. Um, so my response to that would be Russell Westbrook was not the player was not the best player on his team last year. That was Paul George. He finished second, or I'm sorry, third. Be specific in, though, from an efficiency standpoint. No, right? he was the he was the best player on the team. Paul George. He finished third in MVP voting. Like objectively, was the best player on the team. Offensively, defensively, when Oklahoma City was good, is because Paul George was good, not because Russell Westbrook was good. Let's make that abundantly clear. And then. So, so the last time we saw him with his own team, Russell Westbrook, was in 2016-17 when he won the MVP and they won 47 games. So uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a believer in Russell Westbrook being a difference-making player. Again, they had the guy that was third in MVP voting a year ago. In the regular season, got decent contributions from their supporting cast. Like, it was not an appalling team a year ago. Steven Adams was okay. Dennis Schroeder was okay. Jeremy Grant was okay. I mean, they have one of the Morris brothers. They have Terrence Ferguson. They have Nerlens Noel. Like, it was not a bad team. It wasn't a great team, but it wasn't a bad team. And Russell Westbrook, again, and look, if you want to use the postseason as the way to judge this, Russell Westbrook, bad in the postseason. Last three years, woefully inefficient. Woefully inefficient. He is not the difference-making player for the Miami Heat that is that would have turned them into an Eastern Conference contending team, in my opinion. Plenty of people can disagree, and Danny has disagreed with me. I made a very eloquent point about the rest of the Eastern Conference, but I just don't believe that about Russell Westbrook. Okay. So you're happy with having nothing pathetic 
You don't know what we could have gotten in the. You don't know what we can get in the future. I'm pissed we lost a chance at a great star. These fans will be complaining next year. You can always wait, and maybe the fans will complain. But it's not, and it's and it's not the fans' job to think of the long term. It's the organization, and the organization decided we're not willing to part with more than Houston did. And look, I think contract for contract, you can't say that. The Heat's contracts, the Heat's contracts they would have offered in any trade would have been better than what ultimately Houston gave them, which is a long-term three-year contract that's bad. It's a bad contract, Chris Paul's contract. But, I mean, arguably, in the NBA, the second-worst contract and the third-worst contract were just exchanged. And the value, the valuation was that Paul's was worse enough that OKC gets some first-round picks. So I don't think that he would have had to give up as many first-round picks, but... From a value standpoint, it just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense to part with multiple young players for a guy who I don't think has a ton of value. A lot of textures talking about Bradley Beal. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get specific on any one of them because they're just kind of like broad. Sure, but, it is. But but I think that the overwhelming thought process here with Beal isn't so much waiting to get him in 2021. Is that we can package guys and go get him right now? Like that's not that's not happening, is it? The Washington's not ready to deal him. At the no, moment. no, I, I don't think they're ready to deal him. But at the same time. I think that the Heat, if not this year but next year, will have a chance to get him. I don't know if Bradley Beal is interested in coming here, but it's been it's been rumored. And if he is, and if he does want to come here, you can make a pennies on the dollar trade for Bradley Beal because ultimately Washington won't want to lose him for nothing. And if you run it down not to this year's trade deadline, but maybe next year's trade deadline, you know, summer or you know, February of twenty one. You can probably get him for a decent haul, maybe next summer. Again, if it's announced, I'm not going to re-sign unless it's with X team, and you and Washington can basically start to repair themselves with a bunch of expiring contracts, maybe one or two young players. Yeah, Miami can do well in that market. They can do. Listen to the texter that says we didn't get a star, and you can't tell me about the unknown. I'm not even telling you about the unknown. I'm telling you about the known. The known about the NBA is guys want to move now, routinely. Guys are going to get sick of their situations and want to move. Even guys that you don't think right now are going to be guys that want to move, they're going to want to because that's the league now. Everyone wants to move all the time. Kawhi Leonard signed a two-year contract. It has a player option for a third, but effectively, the Clippers have control of Kawhi Leonard for the next two years. That can change. He might get fed up with Los Angeles in two years and want to go, or not like the organization, or not like Paul George, or not like a million things about it. And all of a sudden, you can land Kawhi Leonard. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm saying the likelihood that the 15 best players are all going to be happy with where they are in the next two years is probably zero. There's a 0% chance that the 15 best players in the NBA don't change teams in the next two years. And Miami should be in position... Not to take Russell Westbrook, who's not one of the 15 best players, but be in position to be ready to pounce on one of those guys when they become available. So to quote Jim Carrey, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yes. I'm always saying that there is a chance uh, when it comes to the Miami Heat and free agency. And look, people tell me all the time, when I criticize Pat Riley, they go, get him in a room. Get him in a room. Give him a chance to go for the big stars. And what I'm saying is, is that don't waste Pat Riley's talents on Russell Westbrook. Don't. Don't waste his talents on Russell Westbrook. He's not good enough for Pat Riley's get-him-in-the-room talents. I'm sorry, he's not. 
He is not good enough for like for me. The Miami Heat's organizational mantra, as long as Pat Riley is in charge, it should be: let's keep our first round picks so that when we go for super teams, we can trade them for stuff and keep our cap space open so we can get Pat Riley in a room. Pounding the table. You know why? Because that's Pat Riley's greatest skill as an executive. Get him in a room. Well, you'll like this one. <laughs> Definitely want to drop any on this one. Bradley Beal is a pipe dream, Heat fans, and we've lost Russell Westbrook. Let's settle for Kevin Love. Trade for him. It will be much easier. Um, I don't hate it, but again, you'd ha- it would have to be for nothing. It would have to be so that the um, the Cleveland Cavaliers get off the salary and you exchange it. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly don't hate it. So uh, Kevin Love, I'm going to look up his full-length contract. Now, first off, I want to see him play again and be healthy again and be himself again before you trade it. Now, Kevin Love, this year is going to make 28.9. The next two, he'll make 31.2. And the last year will be 28.9. Now, again, if you if you trade for Kevin Love now, you don't get, you don't get in on the summer of 2021. So in that respect, I do hate it. But you can do that trade... For Goran Dragic and Dion Waiters, and you're done. That's all. I mean, hell, you could do it for. I'm 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 doing it right now in the trade machine. Salaries match up. Kevin Love for James Johnson and Dion Waiters. Who says no? I mean, Cleveland. Well, Cleveland would probably have to be incentivized. You probably have to give them like Derek Jones or something like that, so that they're incentivized with a young player uh, to fill out that trade. But I mean, that can essentially be what you do. Is and try, how many try, years try and find, it's it's four more years. Four more years. So yeah. yeah, you'd still be in the same position. Right. Yeah. So years. again, to me, you're preserving flexibility. That's the Heat's organizational mantra: is keep themselves in the game for the superstars because that's what they're good at. That's what they and and also they trade for distressed assets. They did it in the '90s to build out a quality team that came very close to making the NBA Finals. They did it in 2004, trading for Shaquille O'Neal. You do it for Shaq. Shaq is way much more of a difference maker than Russell Westbrook was and is. And so, for me, you just hang on until until a Shaq-like figure is available to you. Then you trade for him. You trade for distressed assets. And at the value that Houston traded for him, wasn't distressed anymore because gave up four first-round picks for Russell Westbrook. It's not a distressed asset. Another texter says, stick to soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got I got a very weird tweet, which was, uh, because 790 is the flagship station, that's why he wants to listen to there, uh, whereas if it was, yeah, whatever. I mean, like, look, I, I think above all the sports, I love NBA punditry almost more than just about anything in media. I love the Low Post. I love all these podcasts that bring you information. I love Brian Winhorse podcast and Simmons's podcast with Ryan Russillo and Ryan Russillo's podcast and they're all talking to people and they're all giving you information and I love the kind of inner circle here's what's happening around the league. And on all of those podcasts, everyone is going Russell Westbrook, not valuable. You don't want him. You might think that you do because you're a fan of another team who isn't paying attention uh, to the rest of the NBA on a nightly basis. Basically, the argument that I was making with Westbrook was the rest of the league follows him on highlights. He's a highlights player. He's a guy that you see on SportsCenter or you see on House of Highlights or you see on your Twitter feed or your Facebook feed and go, holy crap, that guy's an amazing athlete. And even when you play him, you're thinking, okay, Russell Westbrook. That's the guy that sort of takes your 
energy from a defensive standpoint. Here's but, a texture. Excuse me. Here's a texture that agrees with you. Westbrook was Westbrook's shooting percentage was trending in the wrong direction in a league where you need to outside shooting. Yeah, I mean exactly. The league is heading towards threes and efficiency, and Russell Westbrook's the exact opposite of that. Uh, by the way, before we go, we have a tweet that has just come in, uh, courtesy of Woj. Houston is hoping to find a third team destination preferable to Chris Paul, but ultimately leaves it OKC to execute the next step once Presti confers with Chris Paul's agent, Leon Rose. Miami remains a possibility for Chris Paul, and OKC obviously has the picks to incentivize a deal. Um, Again, it better be not a lot of them, but a majority of them, uh, if Miami's going to do that, and I don't think they should. Preserve flexibility. Wait for the next thing. The next thing is always going to be there as an opportunity for the Miami Heat. Just wait. Just wait. So again, the news tonight, Russell Westbrook is going to the Houston Rockets to partner with James Harden, which is just an incredible sentence to say out loud, to partner with James Harden. And he is going to try and see if they can win a championship next year. That's that's ultimately the hope is they got to go and try and win the championship next year. Miami doesn't get them. And Oklahoma City in return gets two first-round picks and the rights to swap picks in two more years, they own basically all the first-round picks. There's a great tweet that I think says that any one team in the NBA can own up to 127 first-round picks, which is astounding. But that is, uh, that'll just about do it for us. Thanks to everyone who called and texted, and Ira Winderman for calling in twice. CBS Sports Radio is next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.